This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Ben Portnoy, who covers South Carolina for the state newspaper up in Columbia, to preview Saturday's matchup against South Carolina. It's a 6.30 kickoff on the SEC Network at First Bank Stadium. Could George McIntyre, legendary former Vanderbilt head coach of that 1982 team that's going to be honored in the second quarter on West End, could he be looking down on West End Saturday night? The circumstances say so. We'll give you our analysis on South Carolina coming into this matchup, plus three keys to a Commodore victory, and of course, our predictions per usual. Keep it right here on the Door Report because we've got one hell of an episode coming your way. We've got all that and much more coming up next here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Commodore Nation, let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening. To the Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 188 on a Thursday night. It is November the 3rd. We have entered the month of November. Of course, the chill in the air has gotten maybe a little bit cooler, but the bad thing is, Will, I never know if I need to wear shorts or pants. I mean, I, I, I like fall, but... I never know what to wear. So that's the only bad. That's the only bad. You gotta wear a, a rain jacket on yeah. Saturday. It would be the suggestion. Yeah. Bring, it doesn't matter the lower body, but make sure you bring a poncho or a rain jacket. You gotta bring a poncho. Shocker to no one this season that it might be raining Saturday. So we will talk about uh, the implications with the weather. But well, we've got another pod for Vanderbilt fans. We are, as always, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, family owned and operated for more than two decades. Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors. Since 1995, Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service, growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. If you're interested in contacting them, you can find their headquarters at 2505 Winford Avenue over in Berry Hill, or you can call them at 615-356-0303 or log on to alacofinewoodfloors.com. Alaco Finewood Floors, serving Middle Tennessee's hardwood flooring needs since 1995. Will, it's South Carolina week. Vanderbilt and the Gamecocks, 6.30 p.m. kick on the SEC Network. We will, of course, get to our three keys to a Commodore victory, our predictions, and towards the end of the episode, we will check in with Ben Portnoy. He covers South Carolina for the state newspaper up in Columbia. 
Will, where, where's the pulse right now? I like to ask you that every week before we get into the, the nitty gritty here. How you feeling? I know you were feeling good about Mizzou. Is it, is it the same feeling? Are you getting those same vibes heading into, heading into the South Carolina game? That's a really tough question, Billy, because <laughs> it, it's another opportunity to break this damn SEC winless streak. And it Amen. should have ended against this South Carolina team last season. It should have. A minute 36, draw eight, rush three. We all see it in our nightmares. We saw it all offseason. I know the players and coaching staff saw it all offseason. So there are a lot of interesting things to exploit on the South Carolina yes. team that has been very damn confusing all mm -hmm. season. They are very talented. Uh, they have a very talented quarterback that has not really lived up to the expectations he had coming in. Uh, and they do have things that can be exploited, but they were ranked number 25 last week. It Which is, is that's ridiculous. It's crazy to think about the South Carolina team was five and two, ranked number 25 in the country. And they are less than a touchdown favorite right now against Vanderbilt. Yeah. They're and sitting I as get a into six that. and a half point favorite. Yeah, I want to get into how good South Carolina actually is. It's, this is going to be very similar to the Ole Miss week because Ole Miss was a top 10 team, I think, coming into the Vanderbilt matchup. And, and now Ole Miss looks like, you know, kind of a fringe top 25 team right now. So we'll get into a lot of that. How good is South Carolina? We know they were a top 25 team, but their wins, let's face it, were not all that impressive. And I want to get into that, Will. I know you you have a lot on that. So a lot, a lot, lot to get to here, Will. A lot of beef. Before we get to all of it, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report, Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every video, every podcast goes up on our YouTube channel. So uh, we have a clip. We'll have a clip of that uh, on Friday before the game. So go check our YouTube channel out. Podcast is also available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. All right, let's get to the South Carolina preview. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, Will. South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Gamecocks are 5-3. and three. They do have two SEC wins under their belt. Uh, Vanderbilt, of course, does not yet. They're 0-4, 3-5 overall. Gamecocks are only a seven-point favorite. So that's interesting. That, that, that has gone down a little bit. I think it started around the eight, eight and a half range, gone down a little bit to seven, but it hasn't changed here in the past few days. So it's kind of stuck right at seven, which I think is interesting. Uh, will we will get uh, Byram's betting uh, insight on that, uh, as we always do. But the game, Will, I think this is somewhat important. I know Vanderbilt doesn't have a home field advantage, but I would not feel the way I feel about this game if this was in Columbia. So it is in Nashville. Salute to service, Will. So I, I, and I think there's an, an interesting twist they might put on the uniforms for Saturday. Of course, they reveal them like two hours before the game every weekend. So we'll, we don't get a look at those until uh, game day usually. But, Will, I think this is really important. They're honoring the 1982 team that won eight games that year. And for Vanderbilt, that's, that's huge. Rarely ever happens. They played in the Hall of Fame Bowl that year. That team was special. I was looking at their roster, Will, uh, a couple of days ago. They had like six or seven guys that went on to play in the NFL that year. I mean, that that ask your dad about it. I know you've done some research, but it's it's crazy looking at at, at some of those players. They beat Florida and Tennessee 
at home that season, led by legendary coach George McIntyre. A lot of, lot of quote-unquote Vanderbilt legends will, will be coming back on Saturday, uh, and they will be honored, I think, in the second quarter. Uh, second timeout, second quarter of that game. So looking forward to that. Well, they're back home. Vandy's back home uh, after two back-to-back road games in the SEC and their second bye week. So second bye week of the season, I don't think every team gets that this year in college football. I could be wrong. Is that something new that every team – I think I'm right in saying yeah, that. It's remember Vanderbilt played in week zero. Right. So they have a difference in that scheduling. So, so, that, so there's got to be an advantage to having one less week of full preparation in fall camp. That's that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I didn't think this was a, an every team in college football type thing. Vanderbilt gets a second bye, so that's, I think, notable – uh, Will, this is the 32nd meeting all time. And I could be wrong. It could be. I, I, I think this is right. my guess. I, no, yeah. I, I think I don't, I don't want to go on record stating that and then be wrong. So we need a research analyst here to, to check us. But uh, Will, <laughs> South Carolina holds a 27 to 4 advantage. Fandy's only beaten South Carolina four times in the history of the program. Crazy, crazy number, including a 14 and 2 record when the games have been played in Nashville. So when the games have been played in Nashville, Vandy's only won twice. South Carolina's won 13 straight. So obviously history doesn't point to a Vanderbilt win, but I think circumstances might. So we'll get into that a little bit later, Will. But first look at this game. What do you look at? Obviously, Vandy's has two weeks to prepare. South Carolina's reeling a little bit, though. Struggled mightily last week against Missouri. They looked terrible. And that Missouri team was a team that Vanderbilt should have beaten. So how are you looking at this, Will, kind of initial thoughts kind of early in the week as, as they've developed? Uh, ha- have your thoughts changed? or you know, what, what, are you, what are the main things when you look at this matchup? I think I was more confident previewing this game and, having a, and, and creating a projection for how this game flow is going to go like three weeks ago. I mean, this South Carolina team against Missouri looked horrible. They yeah. did not look like the team, and, and that's really how they've been all year. Uh, we had the interview with Ben here in segment two, but they've been very up and down. They've been very inconsistent. Uh, a lot of that has to do with just the team not coming together and being cohesive. That's just what he kept saying, which is cohesion, cohesion, and they're not coming together and it's just everything. Right. So the South Carolina team can be very confusing. I've watched them quite a bit because me and you both before this season had the Missouri game number one and the South, Car- South Carolina yep. game number two circled on the schedule as winnable games. And I think throughout the season the South Carolina game has looked a little bit less winnable up until last week yeah. and then and then you play the who beat who game and you've seen Vanderbilt's athletes and talent go up against that Missouri team and know that they are every bit as athletic really as that Missouri team is and just really any given week I think that's kind of a coin flip between Vanderbilt and Missouri so your mind starts to go there as to well Vanderbilt has a shot this team just lost to the team we saw them compete against yep. And this is the closest SEC line we have seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually has dropped on FanDuel at least to where now South Carolina is only a six and a half point favorite. Ooh. So it's fallen below that touchdown line. And I think Vanderbilt's sitting at like plus 220, plus 215, somewhere in there. But it's winnable. It's the last quote unquote winnable game of the season that will be there according to Vegas. This will be the last time you'll see a single digit number mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Next to Vanderbilt's name is an underdog, but Billy, I don't, I don't know what to think. I want to predict a win so badly, but I brought back the mustache. I, I'm trying to bring a little good, little good juju <laughs> back. We started out the season three and one with the mustache, and I kind of gave keep up it, on keep it. Keep it going after the Wake Forest game. If they beat South Carolina, 
I, I have to keep it. And I, and you, I think there are going to be a lot of people that are not happy about me keeping the mustache, but I have to do it. If they beat South Carolina, I don't have an option. It's no shave November. You, you have to do it, Will. And there's going to be a lot of things that happen if Vandy beats South Carolina on Saturday night. We're, we're going to celebrate. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not celebrating too early. I'm not saying this is a definite win for Vanderbilt, but the circumstances point to a Commodore win. They just do. They do. So we'll continue to analyze, Will. We'll get into the, the nuts and bolts of this game. Real quick, before we get to our three keys to victory, last year's game, Will, was gut-wrenching. I mean, watching that game, it, it was a lot like this year's Missouri game where it's there. It's there. It was almost worse than the Missouri game because Vanderbilt literally, they, they did everything to lose that game last year. Everything. Zeb Nolan comes off the bench, engineers a 75-yard touchdown drive with 37 seconds left, and Carolina wins the game. So, well, I think looking at that matchup, if you're Vanderbilt, I know Clark Lee, it's coach speak throughout the week to the media, but I guarantee you he is pointing to that game for his team this season deep inside that locker room saying, we can beat this team. We're better than they were than we were last year. South Carolina is a team that we match up with. We can win this game. We, we can defeat the Gamecocks. So I think last year's game, Will, as a coach to the media on the outside, you say, oh, you know, he's not pointing to it. But I think deep down, especially with this Vanderbilt team, you look at last year's game and you, you use that as motivation. You, you have to. So obviously, Will, that was brutal. South Carolina, though, will you look at them this year? Spencer Rattler has not impressed me whatsoever. I mean, a little over 1,600 yards, you know, not awful, but also not great. Five touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's thrown nine picks this year. He's only completing 64% of his passes. He's been sacked 18 times. Not the year South Carolina fans expected. There was a lot of hype surrounding Rattler in this offense this season. But quite frankly, Will, I'm not surprised. I never thought the guy was very good. I mean, I, from the beginning, I know, you know, we've talked about him a lot in the, what, what's it called, QB1, uh, the, the documentary where he, you know, he was in yeah. there, I don't know, series, whatever you want to call it. But I never thought the guy was that good of a quarterback, even at Oklahoma. So I'd, I haven't been impressed with him, Will. And, and so I think the way he performs is so key on Saturday. If Vanderbilt gets pressure on him, maybe he throws a couple picks, but – Rattler, the way he plays Saturday night is so big in, in this matchup, I think, Will. Well, you're playing – this is a get-right game. I mean, I think Ben used that phrase, but in the mind, you I always like to look through the lens of the opponent, uh, and you kind of get a glimpse when we interview these beat writers. Kind of they'll, they'll accidentally lose the veil if they're talking to a Vanderbilt yeah. podcast, and they'll let it slip of something like if they lose to Vanderbilt, which he did. But that's how South Carolina is viewing this game. This is a get back on track, get bowl eligible, hit your over on the wins on the season, and move forward. And and just know that this is not the final step with Shane Beamer in this roster uh, that has that will be able to build that cohesive chemistry yeah. throughout the next season. And they're just the trying to survive. So they're, they're Spencer just Rattler. Spencer Rattler is. I think that he's looking at this game as a chance to improve those stats you just read off a chance to have one of those games that he's 19 of 23 for 380 and four touchdowns right. and no picks. I don't think that's going to happen uh, because I think Vanderbilt is going to be able to confuse him. I think Spencer Rattler, uh, I'm trying to not say bad things too badly. 
Um, he's he, based on the QB one doc and everything I've ever read. He's a piece of shit. And that's pretty much my opinion of it. Uh, and, and there we go. I don't know the guy personally, obviously. So if he wants to correct me, is. he's more than welcome. Uh, but on the he QB1 documentary, on Twitter, that's, yeah, please. I would, yeah, I would love to. Come beat my ass, actually. That's that's what I need you to do, Spencer. Please. I'll be in Nashville. I'll be at the game. Uh, you're you're going to pay, pay so, for this, Will. You're, you're going to yeah, pay for this. Can't wait. But on that documentary, they follow a lot of guys that, that are pretty cocky and not the most like, – I mean – Justin Fields, Jake Fromm. I mean, those are pretty cocky. To be a quarterback, you have to be cocky. And Sam I would Hartman have been was, Sam Hartman was Sam Hartman. like one yeah. of the few good guys. Uh-huh. But if I was a top five quarterback in the country, I'd be cocky, Billy, especially at 17, 18 years old. However, how he interacted with teammates and, and people and the staff and everything was just awful. And I can't imagine with cameras off of him that it's that much better. Uh, so for that reason, Billy, I... He has not impressed I, me, I and I'm very expect. glad he has not impressed me. And and I'm expecting Vanderbilt to be able to confuse him. And the South Carolina team, I don't think they have a leader. And I, I think right. that's the what he was talking about and saying the words, and it was what I was trying to kind of press him to in segment two in the interview portion. I don't think the South Carolina team has a guy they look to or a couple guys or a group of guys that really set the tone mm-hmm. on offense. And it doesn't have to be the quarterback. But Gavin Schoenwald, I think, is one of those guys on this team. I think Ray Davis sets a tone right. in the backfield. I think Mike Wright, even on the bench, going from starting quarterback to putting on that hat and being as into the game as anybody, mm-hmm. he's a leader. He did, you don't, but I don't know if South Carolina has that. So that's something in this game, uh, Billy. I know we're going to be getting the keys here soon, but that's that's going to kind of tie into one of it's, my keys. It's just how you react to the adversity and weird stuff that is going to happen in this game. And I know me and you uh, have discussed the weird stuff oh. that we just kind of feel in our gut, the weird juju with the rain, Vandy, South Carolina. It doesn't mean anything to people nationally, right. but to this, these fan bases, this is, this is a significant game. Mm-hmm. When you look at South Carolina, I think the remaining schedule is what Tennessee, Florida, and Clemson. Yep. So this might be, this will be their last chance at, you know, being a favorite and, yep. and getting to a bowl game. They're going to have to upset, upset somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make it to a bowl game if they don't beat Vanderbilt. So there are a lot of storylines in the internal Vanderbilt, South Carolina bubble, but outside, man, the TV ratings in prime time at six 30 for this game mm. might be very low, Billy. Uh, yeah. Very crowd low. crowd will be interesting uh, to see just what that looks like. Kind of do as many Gamecock fans come up to Nashville as they would have, if they would have beat Mizzou last week. I mean, I think that's big. That plays into it. If it's kind of a dead atmosphere, if it's raining, that plays to Vanderbilt's advantage, I believe. We've always said that, Will. So another guy to watch in this game, though, Will, and his health, Marshawn Lloyd, South Carolina's running back. He's a tough runner. He's one of the better backs in the SEC. 556 yards, nine touchdowns this year. But, but Arya Gerson tweeted earlier today, Reports out of South Carolina are that their star running back, Marshawn Lloyd, is questionable to play this weekend. That's noteworthy. That, that is, that's huge. Well, if he doesn't play, that's the one guy on South Carolina that scares me. He, that's the one guy. If anybody does, there, there's really nobody else that does. Rattler certainly doesn't with those nine interceptions. It's Marshawn Lloyd. He's the guy that scares me on, on the ground. And Vanderbilt actually last week against – or two weeks ago against Missouri – played better than I expected them to against Missouri's run game, especially in that second half. My goodness. So there's a couple other good running backs behind them that they like, but they haven't done anything Marshawn Lloyd's done this year. So Clark Lee told me, Will, Lloyd's 
Lloyd might be the best running back they've faced all year. So if he doesn't play, that's massive. That's ma- we, we can't downplay that, so we will get to that. We actually asked Ben Portnoy about that and his status, so he'll give you more information there. One more guy, Will, on, on South Carolina's offense before we get to keys to victory, wide receiver Antoine Wells. He's really their only weapon on the outside that has proven himself this year. He does have two touchdowns, but they're just, they, they haven't been the explosive offense that Gamecock fans expected to see this season. Uh, they got a good tight end in Austin Stogner. He transferred from Oklahoma with Rattler. That was supposed to be some sort of dynamic duo this year. I mean, I'm, I, you saw a lot of hype about that. They just haven't performed. They just haven't. So uh, I, I think both these teams will. They need this. They need this win. Anybody downplaying the importance of this game on either side is completely wrong for Vanderbilt. This would break a 25-game SEC losing streak. For South Carolina, you get to a bowl game. If you lose this game for, the, for South Carolina, Beamer might be out of there. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding, Will, because you mentioned the schedule they have coming up, Tennessee, Clemson, and uh, somebody else. I think it's Florida. It's a huge game for, for Beamer. I mean, this is a big game for Beamer, for Satterfield, their offensive coordinator, who South Carolina fans hate. So, Will, there's a lot to this game. There's a lot to the game, and I'm ready. Are you ready for keys to a, to a Commodore victory? I'm getting there, Billy. I'm ready. I'd add in the one thing, the interesting tidbit about uh, offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield. Oh, yeah. That I actually have a very funny little life connection with Marcus Satterfield. He was actually the coach at Tennessee Tech where I went to school for, for about hey. a year and a half, two, two seasons, I think is officially what they say. And I was actually good friends with a, quite a few guys on the team at the time because my roommate was a walk-on wide receiver uh, underneath Satterfield <laughs> the entire time he played there. And Marcus Satterfield is fucking insane. He is, <laughs> he is absolutely insane. His coaching me, staff, they were they were verbally. Uh, you don't have to. You don't they have were to. literally verbally abusive to the players, and there were a few other things that we don't have to get into. But Satterfield's an interesting guy. I have a picture on my phone on an old phone somewhere uh, <laughs> of him attending a fraternity sorority mixer at our fraternity house in college. Oh, so I have to go God. find that standing in the middle of all of us before it all spiraled out of control and downhill, and he was fired at FCS uh, Tennessee Tech well, very I, I, very I quickly. Why. I wonder why South Carolina fans aren't the fondest of him. I have no idea how he landed a job as an offensive coordinator. That makes no sense to me. More importantly, how did Shane, how did South Carolina hire Shane Beamer? My brother mentioned, mentioned this to me the other day. He wasn't even a coordinator anywhere. I mean, he was a tight ends coach at Oklahoma and and he, he got the South Carolina job. So I think even, even deeper than just Satterfield, how does Beamer get this job? Nobody's asking that. So I think I think there's some real truth to this team sort of falling apart a little bit. Reeling. They're reeling. And and I think this is the time. This is the week for Vanderbilt. So I know everybody's thinking, oh, we know who Billy's picking. So well, we'll get to predictions, Will. But first, let's get to our three keys to a Commodore victory. The one segment every Vanderbilt fan tunes into uh, around the country, around the world. Let's get to it. My first key, Will. Get at least one defensive touchdown. At least one. And if you get two, you could book Vanderbilt here on the money line here if you get two uh, defensive touchdowns. Will, Vandy has scored three defensive touchdowns this year. That's first in the SEC. And ties for fourth in the country. Three defensive touchdowns. C.J. Taylor has been a freak in that, in that front. Two. He, he has two of those defensive touchdowns with fumble returns, of course, against Hawaii and Mizzou two weeks ago. 
Vanderbilt defense forced three turnovers against Missouri. They recovered two fumbles, and they had one interception. So, Will, they have that in their defense. That That's sort of, I think, been ingrained in their DNA under Howell and Lee, create turnovers. That's really, I think, this season the only way they win an SEC game, creating havoc defensively, because offensively, there's not a whole lot there. There's not going to be a whole lot there against SEC teams. There's just not. So they forced four, 13 turnovers this year. Well, that's thir- that's a fourth in the SEC. So 13 turnovers. That This defense, they have it in them. They really do. And, and we've talked about that. You know, they've given up a lot of yards. They're, they're, they're very, very leaky. They're one of the worst stop rate teams in the country. But they're not as bad on the field, when, when you look at the turnovers they have been able to force and when they force them in the game, so you need that. If you're Vanderbilt's defense, you need that. You need at least one defensive touchdown. And if you get to, like I said, you can book almost convincingly a victory for Vanderbilt. I, I mean, well, I expect another low-scoring slugfest, probably not as bad as Missouri, I hope and pray. I don't want to watch another game like that. This should be low-scoring. That means, Will, you know what that means? That means a defensive touchdown might well win this game for either team, whether it's a a defensive touchdown. I think you can even say a touchdown on special teams. Say Vanderbilt takes a kick to the house. They block a punt. So a touchdown not on offense because you're not going to get a whole lot of offensive touchdowns against SEC teams. You're just not. We saw that against a very good Mizzou team. I don't think South Carolina's defense is nearly as good as Missouri's, so maybe you do have a little bit more success offensively but you still have to have this defense. Obviously, they've got to play well. They've got to stop the run if Lloyd is healthy and plays. But, Will, they've got to get at least one defensive touchdown in this game. That's my first key. When Howell's defense is causing havoc, that's when Vandy's team, not just defense, that's when Vandy is at their best, when they create havoc. Most teams are like that, but for Vanderbilt this year, that, that's the way they want to play. That's the way they have to win in the SEC. They've got to create havoc defensively they'll need the hyenas in full force on saturday night will so i think vanderbilt has to get at least one defensive touchdown if they want to win this game not just stay in it because if they do get multiple i think they win the game i think you can book it so one defensive touchdown at least that's my first key will pretty much the same same key you had on every reason you just tied the defensive touchdown to it my key number one is win the turnover battle south carolina not good in the turnover differential, they're minus 0.6 per game in the turnover margin, and Vanderbilt's plus 1.1. So that's going to be the area for Vanderbilt to exploit. You mentioned special teams. South Carolina does have pretty good special teams. So yep. I'm specifically going to say I like that you tied the defensive touchdown. I'm going to say Vanderbilt has to be plus two in the turnover uh, differential. I'm going to get into my key number two, which is going to factor into how they can get some of those turnovers. Uh, I won't spoil that too much, but win the turnover battle uh, is my key number one. I like it. Will, we're going to get uh, going to get a little bit deeper here in the second key, but well, my, my second key here is similar to the defensive uh, touchdown, but you just kind of mentioned it there. I think Vandy has to win the special teams battle as well, whatever that means. I don't even really know what it means, but when the, after the game, Vanderbilt, if you know, if you win this game, they're going to, they're going to be better on special teams than South than South Carolina. I think if they win the game, it starts on special teams with South Carolina will, I mean, that's really their, that's their DNA. They've dominated special teams this year. They've been one of the best 
teams in the country on special teams. They've had a lot of success in the run game. They took the opening kick uh, 100 yards to the house against A&M a couple weeks ago. They also had a long return against Mizzou that got called back. Uh, so busy week for Lustig uh, at Vandy for the special teams coordinator. If Vandy's not careful, well, if they're not careful in, in staying in their lanes on kickoff, we, we talk about stay in your lane. If they're not careful on both kickoff and punt coverage, South Carolina could gash them. They, they really could. They really could. And that's where South Carolina could win this game. I really do believe. I don't, I don't expect either offense to come out here and, and look very good at all. I just, I just don't. They haven't proven it to me. I don't expect to see much from either team offensively. So special teams could win this game, whoever wins that battle as well. This isn't just about limiting South Carolina's explosive plays on special teams, but you have to counteract that. To counteract that, you've got to create, if you're Vandy, you've got to create some momentum for yourself on special teams. I just mentioned that, Will, and you talked about it as well. If you look back, we haven't seen many big plays on special teams for Vandy. I mean, we, we've seen some uh, some fumbles on the punt coverage and kickoff, but we haven't seen a Shepard punt return. We haven't seen a kickoff return to the house. We, we haven't. And, I, and if you're Vanderbilt, you need to have one of those. You know, you need to, however you can, whether it's a, a called reverse on a kickoff or some sort of weird play on special teams to where you say, hey, we have to make this play in special teams to win the game. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's where it is. So, Will, I have a feeling Vandy's going to need a big kickoff or punt return to provide a spark, some sort of spark in this game. Plain and simple, Bullivis also has to be better. I mean, I know that the, the wind was crazy in Columbia, but 27-yard field goal, if you have the opportunity to hit that, I know it's probably going to be raining, um, not, not going to be the warmest. It might be a little chilly, but you can't afford to miss two field goals again on Saturday. You just can't. Because this is going to be a close game. It just is. So he has to also be solid on his kickoffs. Well, uh, you know, we talk about guys staying in their lanes and and not, you know, not letting a gap uh, get created by South Carolina's blockers. But if you're Bullivis, you got to kick it into the end zone every time. You you can't give them that chance. You know, I mean, make a field goal for all I care. Kick it out of the end zone uh, if you're Bullivis. So, well, Vandy's got to win the special teams battle because that's what South Carolina does. I mean, every win they've had, they've dominated on special teams. So if you're Vanderbilt, any sort of momentum you can create on special teams, whether it's a return, a blocked punt, a blocked field goal, hell, even a blocked extra point that gives you two points, you take it to the house, something like that, I feel like Vandy needs. They need it, Will, because you're just not going to get the production offensively that Vandy fans want to see. So, Will, I know we just talked about it. It's similar to my first key, but Vandy's got to win the special teams battle if they want to win the game, the actual game itself. Yeah, my key number two is these seasonal allergies are whipping my ass right now. I'm trying to mute on the coughs and, and You've done a good job. I blow in the nose. So, yeah, that's been good. I've been muting. But my real key number two, I'm going to flip-flop them here. My real key number two is win third downs. Mm. Uh, both teams are really, 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 really bad on third downs on yep. defense. Vanderbilt, I, I believe, is ranked number 125. Uh, on opponents third down conversions and I think South Carolina is ranked number 107 so opponents are converting 43.8 percent of their first downs on South Carolina and they are converting 48.89 percent of their third downs against Vanderbilt both ranking in the bottom uh, 25 to 30 teams in all of FBS football Vanderbilt on offense 
really bad at third downs. They are ranked number 101, 34% third down conversion percentage. South Carolina, not awesome, ranked at number 64. So they're sitting at about 38% third down conversion percentage. So you have two really bad defenses uh, at shutting opponents down on third down. And you have one meh to bad offense and one really bad offense at converting third downs. So something has to give. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of these teams is going to have success on third down. And a lot of that happens on the play calling you see in first and second down. Vanderbilt cannot have first down passes and second down runs. That is a recipe for death. And that is what Vanderbilt does consistently underneath Joey Lynch. I don't know what the infatuation is uh, with throwing the football and then running it and then running it up the middle to gain two to three yards and guarantee yourself uh, a third and six plus Uh, which I know the data analytics will tell you that third and six or seven is significantly better uh, than third and eight or nine, but it's really not. Uh, That's a really, really skewed data step that we can't really get into. Uh, But third and four needs to be Vanderbilt's target. They need to have five or less, preferably four or less yards to have the option of a third down run, uh, because that's going to be the key to this game, having that option of a third down run. South Carolina's secondary pretty good i mean they, they they performed well statistically relatively south carolina's weakness lies in their front seven and it lies in their ability to stop the run uh just based on the stats i'm not going off any players i'm just looking at the numbers we are far enough in the season to see that in south carolina is close to that bottom 30 40 run defenses and they're about top 40 pass defenses so mm-hmm. vanderbilt needs to run the football aj swan needs to take care of the ball like we talked about the turnovers and specifically Vanderbilt needs to perform well on third down by setting themselves up in third and manageable. So stay ahead of the chains, convert your third downs. That's going to be my key number two. I like that. I like that a lot. Will you don't want, instead of third and eight, third and nine, you hate that. If you're Vanderbilt, you hate that. Give us a third and four, give us a third and five to where hell you can hand the ball off to Ray Davis. I mean, you can throw a quick slant to Shepard. If it's third and eight, third and nine, what are you doing? I mean, what do you call if you're Lynch? I like that a lot, Will. I'm going offense for my third key here. It's A.J. Swan. I mean, I, I could just say A.J. Swan, period. I mean, it, it, his performance. But I'll go a little bit deeper here in saying A.J. has to have his best performance of the season. If Vanderbilt wants to win this game, obviously they do you got to have A.J. Swan playing at a high level. I know that's obvious. We, we know that, but he has to have – I'm going to go a little bit deeper. NIU is his best game so far. He's got to go out there and play better than he did against NIU. How does he do it? I mean, it's going to be tough to, to, uh, to, to be better than he was on the road against NIU, but I think he has it in him. He's had two weeks to get a little bit healthier. Obviously, the concussion, quote-unquote, that he suffered against Mizzou, how in play is that? How healthy is he? How I mean, what what percentage is he playing at? That's big. That's something to watch. Uh, but he's he's going to play. I mean, well, let, let's let's face it. AJ Swan is playing in this game. Uh, Lee has not officially announced that he's playing, but he did say m- things are moving in the right direction. He was able to practice this week. I think both of us agree AJ is going to play. On that front, Will Robbie Weinstein reported multiple sources that have told 24-7 Sports that he is suffering from a concussion that he suffered at Mizzou. So I will go off of that. Uh, In order to win this game, though, Will, of course you can't have turnovers like you mentioned. You can't turn the ball over. But A.J. is going to have to make plays. Make plays. Go out there and be the playmaker you are. We saw the play that he made getting out of the pocket, evading the pressure against Mizzou. I mean, that was him. 
that that was him. That's what he does. That's what he can do. He threw Quincy Skinner open. I mean, he Quincy Skinner was double covered. He made a quick cut up field. Swan dropped a dime in there. He's got to do that more than just once, like he did against Bazoo. We've got to see that more. That's what you got to do. I mean, Vanderbilt, the receivers. Let's face it, they haven't been getting open, and I'm not blaming the receivers. That that's they've been they played a damn good defense in Missouri. They played good defenses in Bama and Georgia. This South Carolina defense, though, is not as good. This this is probably the worst SEC defense they've played so far. I mean, I think that's reasonable. So that's that should be a positive. Now, whether we see that play out, who knows? But luckily for him, Will, I think he's happy about this. He doesn't have to face a, a front seven like a Mizzou anymore. I mean, th- this Gamecock front seven, it's good. It, it's it's formidable. But it's not as daunting as Missouri's. I mean, Mizzou had – that was a legit SEC D-line, and – if you're a freshman quarterback, you just you don't want to play against that. You you, you just well, don't. this was prevalent in that Missouri game, Billy. The defense for Missouri is not the problem based on their performances throughout the no, season. That no. is not the issue. No, uh, for M I Z Z O U, it's not. And so, and that's how they won that game. They won the game with their defense. I mean, yeah, they had turnovers, but the, the defensive performance they had. I mean, stopping Vanderbilt on that fourth and one, give them credit for that. That defensive front, so. You're not facing that, though, this week. You're not seeing that dominant of a D-line this week. I think that's important. I think it really is. That was That's a challenge for a freshman quarterback. So, like I said, Will, we'll see how healthy A.J. is. Obviously, that's huge, but he's got to be on point. He's got to be accurate. He's got to be sharp. He's got to be smart. We need the best game A.J. Swan has played yet this season. Shepard, he also is huge, Will. He's got to be an alpha out there we didn't see that against Mizzou he got popped I know he was targeted 11 times only had a few catches but he's got to go out there and dominate he has to he's got to be an alpha I'd also love to see more from Jade McGowan and Gamarion Carter I mean hell get the ball to Carter I mean you saw the guy's speed I mean and and the film if you're South Carolina you have no clue how they're going to try to get the ball to Carter because he's he only has like five catches so if you're if you're if you're Vanderbilt get the ball to those guys whether it's end around however you can get the ball out quick to those guys in space and utilize that speed, utilize the, the, the few speedy playmakers that you have. Cause you have to, if you want to, if you want to win this game, move the football down the field, eat up clock. I think that's huge too. Eating up clock in this game, use those guys, use Shepard, use McGowan, use Carter. And also if Swan is, if Swan does go down and, and if he doesn't play as much as we expect, if we do see Mike, Wright. Run the football with Mike. Do what he does. I, I, we, you talked about that last episode, Will. Mike Wright ran the ball once against Missouri. I mean, and I think it was a scramble. So if Mike Wright is in the game, I think that's huge too. So I know it's a long-winded key, but bottom line is A.J. Swan has to be at his best, his absolute best. And I think he's in the right spot for it. Also, obviously, you don't want him coming off of a quote-unquote concussion. That's not ideal. Uh, but at the same time, Will, he does have two weeks off, and you're not playing a Missouri-type defense. You're playing a good defense in the SEC, but you're playing a, a South Carolina defense that, you know, this is prob- this is the worst defense you face in the SEC so far. So, like I said, Will, I'm going to hit on it more times than just once. A.J. Swan has to have his best game of the season if Vandy wants to win this game. So that is my third key to victory for Vanderbilt. Your key number three, Billy, was hitting on the quarterback play and hitting on A.J. Swan. And my key number three 
is going to be hits on the quarterback and mm. hits on AJ Swan. You like that? I like that it. Pretty, I like that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I just came up with that. that was, uh, it's I, another battle of the bad that something has to give. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams are outside the top 100 in quarterback sacked percentage as a percentage of quarterback dropbacks. They are both outside the top 100. Vanderbilt, let me find it, I believe is sitting at number 105. Is that? No, Vanderbilt sitting at number 112. And South oh. Carolina is sitting at, if I can find it anywhere, number 106. So both teams not good at sacking the quarterback. Right. The difference here which is going to influence my prediction, which I hate that I'm going to give, is South Carolina's offensive line has been performing very, very poorly and or Spencer Rattler has not been getting the ball out quick enough and not navigating the pocket well. They rank number 103 in QB sack percentage at, this is going to blow your mind, 8.3%. Nearly one out of 10 dropbacks. So like one out of every, yeah, one out of like every 12 times he drops back, he gets sacked. Yeah. That they're sitting at number 103. This is the stat that is not bad for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, 3.59% sitting at number 18 in the country. Okay. QB sack percentage. Now, a lot of that has to do with the scheme Vanderbilt runs. That, that gotten, actually, that's surprising. But, that's surprising. But that's a, that is a very good stat. So if that is accurate, I'm looking at teamrankings.com, which is if where I get most accurate. of my stats. But I think it is accurate. Uh, Vanderbilt hasn't given up a lot of sacks this year, and South Carolina has. Vanderbilt has also not gotten a lot of sacks this season. Right. They've gotten more than last year, but they're still really, really bad at getting pressure on the quarterback and have not had any of those guys step into the role of a speed rusher or a power rusher of any kind. So they have got to get sacks against a South Carolina offensive line that has not performed well this season and is giving up sacks on one out of every 12 times <laughs> the quarterback drops back. And then Vander and then South Carolina on the other side has not been sacking the quarterback. So mm-hmm. Vanderbilt needs to have at least two more sacks than South Carolina. They need to be plus two. I said they needed to be plus two in the turnover margin. I might say they, they just need to win it, maybe just plus one, but they have to win this game. They have to win the sack battle. They have to hit Spencer Rattler. They have to get South Carolina behind the chains because with Vanderbilt secondary, if you allow a five-star quarterback with a golden arm, I don't care what issues they have had to sit back there and just pick apart this Vanderbilt yep. secondary. It is going to be a long, rainy Saturday with a lot of passing yards uh, in wet conditions for Spencer Rattler. So they have to get pressure. Uh, and then the Vanderbilt offensive line on the flip side, they cannot give up pressure to, as you mentioned, the worst defense Vanderbilt has faced in the SEC. You don't need to put any caveats on that. It's not yeah, even debatable. That's a fact. This is by far the worst defense Vanderbilt has played in the SEC. It's the only non-top 30 defense in, that they've played in the conference. Yep. So that's not a slight necessarily saying this is a bad South Carolina defense. It's not. It's just the worst defense Vanderbilt's played in the SEC. It's not the worst defense they've played all season. Uh, But this presents great opportunities for this team to kind of maybe get flowing and build towards next season because you have a lot of these same guys coming back, just getting that monkey off the back, just getting that loss streak out of the way. That would just be a huge boost to this team moving forward. And we'll get to that. We will get right to that here with predictions. It's time for predictions. Vanderbilt, South Carolina, once again, 630 kickoff at First Bank Stadium here in Nashville. SEC Network is the channel. Let's get right to it, Will. I'll start. South Carolina is coming off a win at Kentucky in their last SEC road contest. 
Okay, they played at home against A and M. They they beat A and M, of course. But last week they lost twenty three to ten to Missouri, a team that Vanderbilt should have beaten. I'm going to keep pounding that. South Carolina, they're looking for their second SEC road win of the year. They're reeling. Will you could say falling apart as a program? I mean, you you really could say that. South Carolina fans are not happy with Beamer, but they're more unhappy and more unpleased with Marcus Satterfield as the offensive coordinator. They 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 have they've they've hell they've created shirts that say fire sat on the front. I mean, they they are not happy. So I think that maybe that plays a part in just mentally with the, with these players. After the Missouri game, you saw Rattler come out and say, I don't think we were very prepared. And that's on the coaches. I mean, obviously he had to apologize, Beamer. I mean, I don't even know what happened there. But Will, not happy with Satterfield. And like Vanderbilt fans, South Carolina fans are beat up. They're not happy. They're a lot like Vandy fans right now, which means this should be an interesting environment on West End Saturday night, especially with the rain in the forecast. I, I, I think it's going to be similar to the environment against Wake, and it, this reminds me of the Wake game, but I think Vanderbilt has a lot better shot to win this game. And, and, and just, just the environment and the feel of, of the game. This has all the makings, Will, of a Vanderbilt win. It, it, it simply does. Two weeks to prepare after stewing over a game they should have won at Missouri. You, you sit there for two weeks not playing a game thinking back at what happened in Columbia. And now you play a team from Columbia, South Carolina. They're coming to your house. You got to defend the turf. South Carolina's will, South Carolina wins will have not been impressive. They dominated Charlotte, who just fired their head coach, Will Healy. They're like one and eight right now. So congrats on that win. They boat raced South Carolina State, a team I've never even heard of. They beat Kentucky on the road. Congrats on that one, but Will Levis was hurt, and that Kentucky team looked awful versus Tennessee last they week. They certainly don't look They're, like they did at the beginning of the season, and they were missing their starting quarterback. I want to point out. Right, point right. That I mean, out. I Le- that game. their only hope in, in this season, Levis, didn't play. So, I mean, that's not as good of a win as people talk about, and they squeaked out a win against A&M at home, a team that's talk about apart. Talk about a, a program that's falling apart. You said South Carolina might be falling apart. Texas A&M is certainly yeah. I mean, has fallen apart slash is. A team, South Carolina, that we think is falling apart right now, they they barely beat A&M at home. A&M should have won that game. I mean, South Carolina had like three special teams touchdowns. So none of those wins will. Bottom line here, what I'm getting at, none of those really impressed me, other than maybe Kentucky because it was, it was on the road, but they didn't have Levis. So And then last week, you get dominated at Missouri, a team that Vandy should have beaten. So, Will, the 82 team is in town. I think George McIntyre is going to be looking down on Dudley Field Saturday night. The legendary coach is going to be a lot of familiar names on West End. Give me Vanderbilt 24, South Carolina 23. I think Vandy pulls it out, Will. I just I have that gut, and I, I feel good about it. A lot of times I pick a Vandy win in the SEC. I haven't yet this year. I didn't against Mizzou. But a lot of times I'll say Vanderbilt wins the game, but I feel awful about it. I don't feel good about it. I feel good about this. I, I, I really do. And maybe I'm eating my words. Maybe I'm maybe I'm I just feel terrible after Vandy loses to South Carolina Saturday. I just don't see it happening. I feel it deep inside. I think Vandy wins. Well, I think they beat South Carolina 24-23, and we're gonna be celebrating on Sunday. I really do. I, I, I feel it deep inside, 
And I, I just think the rain also plays in. I think Vanderbilt, you saw the early success they had against Wake, especially on the ground. I think this is a big day potentially for Ray Davis. Maybe, maybe Shepard finds a rhythm. I just, I feel it. Well, I, I, I didn't pick the Missouri game. I'm picking this one two weeks after, okay, you lost at Missouri. You're playing a team that just got dominated by Missouri and is reeling. So we saw what they did in that first half against Ole Miss with two weeks to prepare. Now it's their second portion of two weeks to prepare, and you've got a very winnable game. So, Will, I'm picking it. I'm going with the doors Saturday night, barely. Barely winning this game, 24-23. There it is. I think the weather is going to play a big factor yeah. because as that has evolved, this is probably the toughest game for me to pick this entire year because part of me, I have to weigh in the fact that I did pick Vanderbilt to be South Carolina and I don't just want to sound like the dude on a podcast that picks Vanderbilt to win every single winnable game. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever been confused with an eternal optimist. So I'm not too concerned about that. This game has a lot of the same reasons that I picked Missouri yep. and I picked Vanderbilt to beat Missouri are a lot of the same reasons that I'm going to pick Vanderbilt to beat South Carolina. However, I have the data this time to back up the gut feeling. It's the sack percentage. It's the turnover margin. It's the rain. It's the fact that Spencer Rattler has been throwing a lot of interceptions, mm -hmm. the lack of cohesion, the issues within that locker room. And then you throw in that South Carolina's weakness on defense is their run defense and their strength is their passing defense. And that is going to bode well for Vanderbilt in the rain. And that's what I keep hitting on is this weather is going to have a very, very big factor. Mm -hmm. And it definitely plays in Vanderbilt's favor, especially with Marshawn Lloyd, South Carolina's leading running back with best case. He's going to be probably a little bit limited. I think he would play less yeah. snaps than normal, which is uh, regardless huge. But the gambling line, this is the thing I didn't get to get to earlier. 98% of the money is coming in on the Vanderbilt money line. Okay. Ooh. However, before you get excited, there's a reason for that. Because I did the same thing at first. Because sometimes that means sharp money. Uh, because I pay for an app that tracks the percentages of money coming in. Yep. Uh, the percentage of bets and the percentage of money are very different. So the percentage of bets on the money line is actually like 62% South Carolina, but the money's 98% Vanderbilt. So when you see a big line like that, either there's some information that the general public isn't aware of, or there's a hedge going on. Well, I happen to bet on South Carolina's over under and wins this season, which is five and a half. Guess how many wins South Carolina has? Five. Five. So what they're doing is you look at the remaining schedule uh, for South Carolina, Carolina, they have Florida, they have Tennessee, and they have Clemson. Probably going to be dogs in every single yep. game the rest of the year. Vanderbilt sitting at plus 220. They are hedging their over-under. So any any movement you see in this line towards Vanderbilt is it as the line continues to continues to shrink, the money line continues to shrink. That's not because Vegas thinks that Vanderbilt's going to win. It is because there is no hedge on Vanderbilt's over-under and wins, but right. South Carolina just needs one more win. But I'm going to go with the Vanderbilt win with a very similar mm. score to you, Billy. Very, very similar score to you. It's going to be 24 to 20. I'm not going 23, okay. I'm going 20. So one less field goal. 
Uh, we need a bowl of this redemption shot. Uh, I don't think special teams for Vanderbilt will be heavily leaned on. Mm-hmm. I think Clark Lee needs to be aggressive. You need to go for some fourth downs. Yep. You need to convert, especially with Bolovis, not necessarily in a great trajectory, uh, kicking, the the ball, kicking the ball as of late. So I think Vanderbilt looks for one opportunity uh, to punch in a field goal, but the rain plays a huge factor in Ray Davis. Ray needs yep. to have a big day. We said I, I've said Will Shepard needs to have a big day in the past. You said AJ Swan is your key three. Uh, my key player is Ray Davis. He's got to go out there and Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith, this is the underrated. Game. I am predicting it right now. I'm calling my shot. Patrick Smith goes for a big play touchdown on the ground. Mm. I'm calling it. Patrick Smith goes for a 30, 40 plus yard rushing touchdown. I like so it. So I, I really hope we can pull this sound clip and I'm right on Saturday, Billy, because <laughs> I need it. I, I need oh, to see an SEC victory so damn bad. It's so it's, bad. Man. It's amazing what this would do for the psyche of not just players, but the fan base to get this 25 game losing streak off your back and move forward. Finally, just, just think about something else. Have, have a different graphic pop up on the screen. I think there's a reason this is a night game on the SEC network. I really do. I think the SEC Network saw an opportunity here. Oh, Vanderbilt might break their streak here. South Carolina reeling team. I think that plays into it a little bit. So we're both going Vandy. Well, and I think that I think there's something to be said for that. I've heard a lot of people that are picking Vandy in this game. I really have. They're they're a, a trendy pick, as you just mentioned. Ninety eight percent of the money coming in on the Vanderbilt money line. I know that's kind of a skewed stat, but. I think there's a there's more to be said for that than we actually think. So I've got Vandy 24, South Carolina 23. Will's got Vandy 24, South Carolina 20. We'll see, man. I'm I'm excited, cautiously optimistic is what I'd say I am right now, Will. Uh, I think a lot of Vandy fans would agree. Uh, but the rain will play a factor. I think Ray Davis plays a factor as well. Uh, so, Will, we've talked about Shepard, some of those guys. I think what Davis does is just as important as a lot of those receivers. So, Will, that's it. 1982 team is going to be honored. I think that's noteworthy. Uh, Salute to service. Stay tuned for a uniform reveal Saturday. But stay tuned as well for our next segment. Ben Portnoy covers South Carolina for the state newspaper up in Columbia. He has been tracking everything with Marcus Satterfield going on and Beamer and everything within this South Carolina program. We talked about the mood with the fans around Beamer ball. Beamer ball might be going down, stock down. We talked about the frustration with Satterfield, and we got Ben's prediction. So, Will, Ben was good. I think Vandy fans are going to like this. Yeah, quick segment, too. we got a lot of information in about the state of the South Carolina program. Billy, I'm running on fumes. Oh, I, I'm, I'm dying right now. I, I've been up since 645. We made it hey, I am just I'm like we're running eight. on fumes, but just like Clark Lee said, you got to keep swinging. You got to hey, keep swinging, keep, Will. Keep chopping wood. Keep carrying water, baby. Keep that's, chopping that's wood. That's the motto as a Vandy fan. Keep carrying water, and that's what Vandy's going to do Saturday night. They're going to win this game. Vandy is winning this game Saturday night. Stay tuned. We've got Ben Portnoy coming up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Welcome back into the Door Report. Alongside Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick, and we are now happy to welcome in Ben Portnoy. He covers South Carolina for the state newspaper up in Columbia ahead of South Carolina and Vanderbilt Saturday night, 630 kick on the SEC network. Ben, 
thanks for taking the time, man. Really appreciate it. What's what's the mood around Columbia right now? What's it been like covering this team this season? And what happened last week? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. No, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit gloomy, I would say. I mean, I think that, you know, any time that South Carolina walks into a season, I think that, you know, the Missouri game is one that folks circle and, and they feel pretty good about their chances in. And, and, you know, looking at last week, I mean, South Carolina's offense was just a problem. It's been a little bit of a problem most of the year. I mean, this is a group that is t- more talented than it was a year ago. It's got more pieces. There's there's been in some improvement. I mean, South Carolina scored more points than it was a year than a, a year ago, but it's still really, really, really ugly to watch. And Missouri did some things that were interesting. I mean, that defense is good. Uh, I think their defensive coordinator just got a raise today. So, I mean, there's reasons that things have kind of gone well, went well for Missouri. But I think that, you know, when you look at South Carolina and kind of what's going on, I mean, it was a little bit of a breaking point, I think, for a lot of people as far as, you know, offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, kind of this offense right now where it is. And, and I think that, you know, folks are pretty ticked off right now. And I think that this is kind of an opportunity, at least, you know, most folks would say on paper is a good chance for, uh, for South Carolina to kind of get right before they, uh, before they close the season with Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. Yeah, I was kind of going to get into a little bit as my roommate opens up the door door in here. So let's hope I don't forget uh, forget what the question was I was trying to ask. But I, I always like to take a step back because a lot of times when you evaluate a team from the outside, you know, you don't really have a full feel of, of what the expectations are going into a season. I know South Carolina's expectations were uh, that over under about five and a half wins, I think, is what it was prior to the season. So what were the fan base's expectations going into this year? And how is that record that you see South Carolina having at five and three uh, kind of stack up against that? Yeah, it's interesting because I think that, you know, if uh, when you kind of handicap a season and look at where South Carolina was and is as a program, I mean, I think that sort of somewhere between the six and eight win range kind of felt right. Um, you know, eight, if things broke really well and more like six or seven, if it kind of went to, went to script now, South Carolina hasn't really gone to script now this year. I mean, you look at it, they they beat Kentucky, they beat A&M, which are both games that I think a lot of people here would have expected them to lose. And then they lost to Missouri. So it's sort of like, you know, that's kind of the reality of it. Weird things happen. And I get that, but I think that, you know, as far as where they're at, I mean, they're five and three, they're still in a good spot. Realistically, they feel pretty good about their chances to, to be six and three coming out of the Vanderbilt game. You know, obviously you got to play the game, but at that point you've still, you know, you look at the next two weeks, they've got Vanderbilt this week. They've got a Florida team that has struggled a lot uh, next week in Gainesville. And I think there's a pretty good chance that South Carolina can win that game. Um, we'll see what happens. And they haven't performed great on the road historically under Shane Beamer. I say historically in a year and a half under Shane Beamer, but uh, you know, I, I do think that things still line up for them okay, and I think that if you're South Carolina and you get to six and six or seven and five and get, go to a bowl game and have a chance for another win, like, I think most people should be happy about that. I think realistically most people would be happy about that, especially when you consider they beat Kentucky for only the second time in nine tries. They beat A&M for the first time ever, and they play every year and have been since, uh, since A&M joined the league in 2012, and I guess they played now. This was the ninth year in a row that they've played. Um, so there, there's reasons to be excited, but I think that this was the kind of thing that, you know, if you had a semblance of an offense and if the offense hadn't completely kind of shut down, uh, you feel like this team probably should be six and two right now. Ben, let me ask you about Marcus Satterfield. Obviously there's a, a ton of, you son of a, you son of a bitch. You, you <laughs> stole my guy. Hey, we got it. Got to get it in somehow here. Satterfield, a lot of frustration with him. Obviously there, there's some frustration with Beamer, but 
I think South Carolina fans, the guy they're pointing at right now is, is Satterfield. Why hasn't that worked out? It, because this season, at least from my perspective, I thought of Spencer Rattler coming in, Stogner, the transfer from Oklahoma. Maybe they can piece some things together offensively, but it really you know, hasn't happened the way they would have liked. So what, what has been the situation there? Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I think it's a mix of a couple of things. I mean, I think that South Carolina had a lot of new pieces this year and more talented pieces, you know, Spencer Rattler, Rattler, Stogner, uh, Juice Wells, who transferred in from James Madison and has been their leading receiver this year. I mean, they've got some pieces that, that are new, but you still got to figure, find that cohesion, right? And like, that was going to take a little bit of time throughout the front part of the season. But I think that last year, it, it's kind of a mix of, they had to play four different quarterbacks. They had injuries, all sorts of things. The offense just generally wasn't very talented. I, I mean, that was going to be a problem and you kind of give them the pass. But when, again, when you look at this year, like, yeah, there were going to be some cohesion things that you had to figure out, but like it, it's based on the, you know, people I've talked to sort of my observations, like whatever, like it just, it just seems like there's not a plan and it's not that they don't spend, they spend the week thinking, Oh, we're just going to walk into the Saturday and we'll figure it out. Like there's obviously a plan in place, but it, it just hasn't been up to the point where I think South Carolina has been able to really be like, you know, it, it's a game like Missouri. Like they just looked like there wasn't a plan. It looked like there wasn't any kind of idea of what they wanted to do. It didn't seem, it seemed there was like, a, I don't know if the lack of preparedness is necessarily the right way to say it. It just, it just hasn't worked. And I think that, you know, when you look at South Carolina and, and where they're at, I mean, it, it's easy to say, Hey, if the offense is better, this team's 10 and two, like, that's not the reality. I mean, like this team's not a 10 win team, but I think that, you know, if the offense is a little more consistent and they take advantage of the fact that that special teams has been an A plus, I mean, they're, they're scoring a lot of points on special teams, creating problems, giving themselves short fields. The defense has largely been really good. It, well, it wasn't great last week, but it's largely been pretty good. Like, the fact that the offense has been a problem has totally bogged down this team. And I think it puts a ceiling on them. And I kind of wrote it after the Missouri game last week was like, at some point, something has to change. I don't think that's going to happen in the middle of the season. Like I don't see Shane Beamer firing Marcus Satterfield uh, in the middle of the season, unless maybe they were to look really, really bad and come out and lose to Vanderbilt. But even then I still think there's, it's one of those things that like, it's been bad. It hasn't gotten better it still kind of looks like a mess even in the second year. And I think that, you know, given how everything else has kind of worked and, and that the fact that you look at sort of the other side of the ball, the other two facets of the game, like South Carolina's offense is right now, at least seems to be holding it back. And I think some of that's players not making plays and not executing some of that's coaches, not putting players in the right situations in the best positions. And I think it's just, you know, the, the confluence of those two things, like ultimately coaches are the ones that are held responsible for that. And I think that that's, that's kind of where South Carolina is, at least on that front. I'm just going to keep pressing where it hurts. So I, you gave kind of a very political answer there at the end, but if, but if I held a gun up to your head, what is the one thing that you could point to specifically on the offense? Is it the offensive line? Is it the play calling? Is it the quarterback play from Rattler or the skill positions? Like, is it one of those things you can point to or is it true? truly just a you know a glob of a mess of everything hey, that's the thing and it's like kind of a boring answer but it kind of is a glob of everything because like spencer like the thing is, like, you look, yeah because <laughs> you look at spencer rattler like his numbers aren't great but when you really watch the game watch the film whatever like he hasn't played that badly and a lot of it's been you know his numbers don't necessarily bear it out but you know for example i think it was the uh two weeks ago against Texas A&M. I think he only completed 48% of his passes on the day, but he had three passes that were dropped and he threw away four passes because he was running for his life. So like 
that's seven passes right there that, you know, not necessarily that you should catch all of them, but like that, that sort of changes the complexion of, of what his final stat line looks like. And there's been a lot of that, I think, throughout the year. Um, you know, the offensive line hasn't been great in spurts. Uh, you know, it, it did okay in, in while they were winning games and held up enough, but uh, it, it just hasn't quite been as good as I think that folks wanted it to be and, and should be, frankly, with as much experience as it has. And, and again, like, I think the skill position players have been pretty solid. I mean, they've done what they can in spurts and done where they can and what they've been, the positions they've been put in. But I just think it's, again, like, it's a cohesion thing. Like, this, this group just has not really looked like it's all sort of pushing in the right direction yet this season. And I think that that's, I mean, after two years when you've got your guys in a system and, and you want to, you know, be pushing towards sort of like that upper middle portion of the SEC, what, SEC East, like, you can't have that. Like something's got to change at some point. And I think that that's why South Carolina kind of finds itself in the position it's in right now. Ben, let's get into this matchup here Saturday night. I think a big key in this one is special teams, the special teams battle. South Carolina has been phenomenal on special teams this year. I mean, you saw the 100-yard opening kick against A&M to start the game a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've seen a couple of block punts. So what has caused that? And, and how much of an impact do you see special teams making on Saturday night, because you could see another low scoring game and maybe it's a special teams touchdown here or there for either team that, that it ultimately might win the game for, for them. Yeah, it's true. I think that South Carolina is, uh, we get throw Beamer ball around all the time. Right. And obviously there's oh, yeah. more, you know, the history of, of Shane Beamer's at Frank at Virginia Tech and how great they were on special teams. I mean, it makes a difference. I mean, like, look, they returned the opening kickoff against Texas A&M 100 yards for a touchdown, and that changed the complexion. South Carolina was up 17 nothing. like, before you could sit down in your seat with a cup of coffee. Like, it, it just it, – it, it's something that has changed the game a couple of times. I mean, Georgia State in the first game of the season, and that's – you know, Georgia State's not great, but they're, they're a pretty decent Sunbelt team and, you know, kind of hung around with South Carolina through halftime, and then South Carolina blocked two puns, returned one for a touchdown, and that was that. Like, it just it set up a short field on one and then returned one for a touchdown, and, and that changed the game. And so I, I think that it's the kind of thing, it's a momentum swinging thing. It's a thing that they haven't been afraid to dial up some trick plays, two-point conversion stuff, some fake punts. Like, it, it keeps you on your toes, and it has made a big difference. And I think that when you're a team like a South Carolina that, you know, is kind of talent wise is not always going to match up like it's it's an equalizer on some level for for whether that's you know when you're playing teams like a Georgia or you know most years Florida or something like that like it's something that South Carolina has really leaned into and hasn't been afraid to take some risks and you know it's not like you know running a fake pun every time you you get on the field or you know going for it every time you have a chance I mean it's not like you know one of us up there you know throwing joysticks around or whatever but like it is it is I think that I do think it is interesting that Shane Beamer's been able to press those buttons. And I think that it does change the game. And I think that like this week, it, there's a pretty good chance it will too. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident saying South Carolina will do something interesting on special teams at the very least. And that's, that's a little general, but like something weird is probably going to happen on special teams because that's pretty much been the standard so far. Well, yeah, it's been every game. I mean, every game they've had something crazy happen special teams wise. Well, I think that's a huge key on, on Saturday. Especially with, the special teams play that we've seen is especially in the kicking game right out of Vanderbilt recently. And I think this game at a, you know, six and a half point spread that could come into play, but mm -hmm. another portion of this game that's factoring heavily into the spread is injuries. And I know Marshawn Lloyd had what I 
believe yep. Shane Beamer called a deep thigh bruise, uh, which I don't know if is that's exactly a medical term. Uh, but I know also South Carolina's both their starting safeties, I believe, left the Missouri game at, at one point with an injury and then returned to play later in the game. So I don't know if you have any updates on the injury situation there with South Carolina. Yeah, just coming literally just coming back from Shane Beamer's radio show. He was saying uh, there that uh, Marshawn Lloyd's, uh, at least what Marshawn called it, was a thigh contusion. Uh, it's a pretty mm. serious bruise, and he – Sounds questionable. We'll see. Uh, Beamer said it's kind of day to day. We'll kind of see how where he's at and how he feels on Saturday. But I, I mean, South Carolina does feel pretty good about their running backs and where they're at. I mean, they've got a guy in Christian Gill Smith who led Wake Forest in rushing the last two years. And that was, you know, even when Kenneth Walker was in, at Wake Forest and, and hasn't been totally healthy, but is a little bit healthier this week than he was a week ago. So we'll see. I think that, but if Marshawn Lloyd can't go, I mean, that does change the complexion of this offense. I say this offense as if it's been good, really. But, you know, it, it does change what South Carolina is going to be able to do. And I think that when they've been at their best, they've been able to run the football. And Marshawn Lloyd's been able to get downhill and create some problems. And I think that, you know, if he doesn't go, it's definitely an equalizer. Ben, let's get to your prediction. Uh, Will and I bring this up every time. We've had color analysts on from other teams. And for the first couple of weeks, I think it was Will, they couldn't give a prediction. So we, we always love having people on that can actually give a prediction. So, for Saturday night, give us a quick key, maybe number one key to the game, and then your pick for Vandy and South Carolina Saturday night. Yeah, I think to me this is the kind of game that, especially if Marshawn Lloyd doesn't show up, like Spencer Rattler's got to make a few things happen, and I think that goes in conjunction with the offensive line. I mean, again, like when South Carolina's been at its best, the offensive line has, has been good, and and been able, they've been able to run the football, but that's also opened up a lot of things for, for Rattler, and I think that you know, throughout the course of this year, we, we kind of keep waiting for it, but there hasn't really been a game where South Carolina's really needed Rattler to like go out there and win them a football game. And I kind of think that this is the kind of game where, you know, you could look up and he could go whatever, 18 to 22 for 300 yards or something like that. Right. Like this is the kind of game that I think that folks feel like they can at least find some kind of footing offensively and sort of quash some of the issues from last week, get ball eligible, all those things. Um, I do think South Carolina wins this game. I mean, I do think that – I think this is a trickier game than it was a year ago for sure, and we all saw how kind of crazy the South Carolina oh game was a year ago. I mean, it was nuts. But uh, I, I do think this is a more talented South Carolina team, and that sort of evens out the fact that Vanderbilt I do think has improved and, and is a better football team than they were a year ago. And I think things are generally going in the right direction for Clark Lee. But uh, I, I think South Carolina probably wins this game. I'll say 28 – 18 somewhere in there I think they win by about a touchdown and a half I think it'll be kind of an ugly game I think that it's not going to be pretty I think that South Carolina is probably going to do a few dumb things on offense because that's kind of how it's gone for most of the year but we'll, we'll see I, I do think South Carolina wins this game just based on talent alone and I think that the defense has been really opportunistic and has created some short fields and, and created a lot of turnovers so I, I think that probably ends up being the, the difference but if Spencer Rattler is all, all go like that that could be a big thing at least on the offensive side 18 points, yeah, 18 I, points, I like just 18 feel, points. That just feels like a Vanderbilt amount of points to score in <laughs> South Carolina. That just feels right. I don't know I why just, it does, but it does. Yeah, can we get like 22, 18 or something yeah. weird like that? That's kinda, <laughs> just, you know, We're going to have something to weird. Three. 
Something weird's going to happen in this game. Maybe a, maybe a lot of things that are weird will, will happen in this game. We, we saw it. Vandy and Mizzou, that was ugly. This will probably be another ugly game. The crowd should be interesting. Uh, TV ratings should be interesting. But The, the uh, nation is just on edge in anticipation <laughs> of this game. The entire college football fan base of the entire nation will have their eyes on this game. There's no doubt. It's the, it's the 7.30 kickoff we all needed. We knew. Oh, yeah. We, uh, oh, we yeah. We needed. Prime time, baby. Oh, yeah. But big game. I mean, it's, if South Carolina loses, a lot of pressure on Beamer. If Vandy finds a way to win, that's a big step this season. So this is underrated, a, a big game. There are a lot of storylines, a lot of interesting storylines. I think our first segment, yes. Billy, is going to be very long, unfortunately. So I know we're, you're trying to get done here with this <laughs> with this previous South Carolina. Oh, Ben, appreciate the time, man. Um, enjoy your coverage Saturday. Um, and uh, if you're making the trip to Nashville, stay safe and uh enjoy it my man thanks for coming on definitely appreciate you guys and uh look forward to getting the, look forward to getting the national on saturday